All right, we're live and we're rolling, and this is The Real Venture. I'm your host, Peyton, joined by my cousin and business partner, Luke. And Luke and I are entering into the business world by starting a few companies of our own. So we decided to create this very podcast as a platform so we can ask other successful entrepreneurs the questions we need answered in order to help our businesses grow. Every single week, we are joined by CEOs, venture capitalists, artists, co-founders, and influencers, all with one thing in common, they're young entrepreneurs. The only thing I'm gonna need you to do is hit that subscribe button so you never miss a conversation. Every single Wednesday, Luke and I will be right here and we can't wait for you to join us. What's up, everybody? It's producer Cameron again. This week, Peyton got the chance to sit down with Jeremy Worden, the founder of Investor. Investor is an expert in short-term rentals. They analyze, acquire, and operate vacation rental properties on behalf of their owners and investors. Investor partners with leading short-term rental data providers, financiers, and top property managers to create an edge in the market while investing in short-term rentals. Want to invest in lucrative short-term rentals? Join the club today. Visit Investor.com, that's spelled investstr.com, and check out their portfolio today. Make sure you follow Jeremy on whatever platforms you're on, at Jeremy Warden, and keep up with Investor, at Investor. Enjoy the episode. All right, Jeremy, thank you so much for coming on today. Uh, you know, why don't we just start off by you telling us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, absolutely. First of all, Payne, thanks for having me. Uh, yeah, I am I'm 24, uh, and I, uh, you know, manage, run, started several companies, uh, most of them being uh, kind of based around the concept of short-term rentals, uh, you know, being, uh, you know, just from a high level, purchasing an asset. Uh, in our case, it's actually a vacation rental homes or uh, boats and, uh, you know, renting out uh, these assets for short periods of time. Uh, so we actually have two uh, boat rental operations on about a, a 10, 10 unit fleet. And then uh, we actually manage, I think, nine properties at this point where we've kind of helped uh, investors. Uh, the name of the company is Investor. Uh, we'll help investors, you know, get into short-term rentals, vacation rentals, uh, help them kind of understand uh, the finances, the financing options, and we'll actually manage and operate the properties for them uh, and allow it to be like completely seamless, uh, passive investing experience. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, I mean, that's obviously like that whole industry, the housing market right now is kind of a hot topic thing. Um, how did you get started in, in the world of short-term rentals? It happened very organically uh, for me. Uh, actually, uh, this goes back uh, to about 2013, 2014. My older brother uh, went to United States Military Academy, you know, West Point for those who are familiar. And, uh, you know, that he got a free, you know, free ride. You know, everyone who goes to these military academies kind of, you know, gets full tuition. And uh, I, you know, kind of being, you know, understanding that, you know, we, we had college funds, uh, kind of pitched my parents and said, hey, let's take his college fund and let's invest it. You know, he doesn't need it. So let's invest it and let's invest it in a vacation rental about an hour away uh, from Chapel Hill, North Carolina, uh, which is where we're initially from. And uh, yeah, we, we actually purchased the lake house. Uh, obviously enjoyed it, you know, a lot in the early days. But then uh, about 2017, 2018, you know, me and my brothers weren't really going as often. You know, I had a summer internship in San Francisco. Uh, so we decided to start renting it out. And I was definitely shocked. You know, when we put it up for rental, I, you know, didn't really have, like, you know, I had pretty conservative projections. 
uh, but they far surpassed my conservative projections. Uh, and actually to the point where, you know, kind of was evident that it was a very lucrative thing. And uh, so I, I managed a single property actually for, you know, a couple of years. Uh, actually, you know, kind of the deal I had with my parents was like they stopped paying, giving me money, you know, for college and tuition and all that. And I could kind of just, you know, take you know, like a management fee in the in the property and use that to pay my tuition, uh, you know, my going out expenses. Uh, and then actually beginning of COVID, March 2020. Uh, so af- after school, I graduated in 2019. Uh, I was working on a uh, private equity startup uh, in New York City. Uh, you know, I've, ha- I've had several, you know, I, I helped start like a, a marketing company when I was a junior or sophomore in college that, you know, is pretty successful at this point. And, uh, you know, was kind of an early member of a private equity startup in New York. Uh, and, and flash forward to like March 2020, you know, COVID happened. I live across the street from a hospital in Manhattan. It was not the most exciting place to be at the time. Uh, the whole shelter in place thing. Can't say I'm, I'm really built for that. Uh, so I went, I went to North Carolina and I was, you know, obviously privileged to be able to, you know, kind of uh, go to the lake. And uh, I definitely realized that there was, first of all, a huge demand for, for boat rentals on the lake. And uh, there wasn't really a, a boat rental provider. So I actually, you know, bought a few boats, started offering boat rentals. Uh, through that, a lot of people would kind of talk to us and say, you know, they, they knew we, we also did vacation houses. So a lot of people would reach out to me asking like, hey, we're thinking about buying a property how do you think it could perform? And, you know, I would say, this is how our property is performing. And, you know, based off that, I think your property could do similar or a little bit better, or a little worse. And they, and a couple of uh, families just said, you know what, if you think if you're really telling me that it will perform that well, we'd much rather just let you do it instead of like, instead of us doing it ourselves. So, you know, I took that challenge on, uh, helped a couple of families invest in short-term rentals on the lake. Uh, and then actually some other, you know, uh, friends of mine, wanted to invest. So helped help them help their families purchase uh, more short term rentals, uh, actually like several properties at the beach. My older brother, you know, wanted to uh, invest in short term rentals. So I helped him do one in Colorado Springs. Uh, and then recently, actually, uh, uh, about a month and a half ago, uh, seven investors, including, you know, myself and, and some friends purchased a, a lake house uh, where we all went in on it together as an investment syndicate. So uh, we're really starting to put together kind of these investor syndicates uh, to allow more people to invest in short-term rentals. Can you break down what a syndicate is for our listeners? Yeah. So a syndicate essentially is like, if you, if you think about, you know, a, a single person or a single family buying a house, you know, that's an individual purchase. Uh, if you're forming a syndicate, it means you have several people coming together to invest in an asset. And in our, in our case, uh, being uh, vacation houses. Yeah. And, you know, I think something that everybody definitely learns throughout their own entrepreneurial journey is the fact that money is such an important component of it. And, you know, everybody comes from different situations and and different accesses to that money. Um, And there's so many different ways to raise capital. So, you know, you talked about in the beginning, you kind of pitched your parents for the, for the college fund. How has your fundraising strategy changed over time as you've gotten more experience? You know, how did you go from talking to your parents and, you know, creating a a business deal with them into now, you know, rallying together multiple different investors to go into properties? Yeah. So, and I'm definitely, you know, cognizant that, you know, 
my parents investing in that first property, you know, they weren't really, they weren't investing in me. They were, they were buying a house and, you know, they've always been pretty open with our economic situation. And, you know, over, you know, time, obviously, you know, after 0809 was really, really hard for us, like it was for a lot of people. Uh, but, you know, on the flip side, in 2012, 2013, you could get pretty good deals on properties. And that first property we got was like, I mean, relatively just didn't cost that much. Nowadays, it would it would have been a much bigger barrier to entry uh, buying your first yep. property right now than it was, you know, after the fallout of uh, the, the housing crash in 2008, 2009. Uh, but then, yeah, from there, I mean, really, I think what's unique about us and like, cause a lot of people reach out to me and say, Hey, like, you know, we want to give you money. And I've, I've never really, my pitch isn't really, I'm asking anyone to give me money. I'm, I'm saying buy you, like you can invest in a house, you know, like you're getting real tangible ownership in a real physical asset, you know? Uh, so I think that pitch is, is definitely, I mean, from what I've, what I've seen, it, it's, you know, uh, people, people have responded very favorably to the concept of like, we get to actually own a real physical asset and, invest directly into that asset. Uh, so yeah, it's, it's, it's been, it's been definitely, uh, good to see, uh, you know, the, the interest. Is there, you know, if, if multiple people are going into a house and then they have, you know, fractional ownership of that property, do any, you know, challenges ever arise when it comes to breaking down the asset, you know, how much the people own as, as the house appreciates, right. Their value of their ownership does as well. How do you handle that? Yeah, so we've we've definitely, you know, picked properties that we think could be, you know, very high performing properties. Uh, we've made sure that we've raised enough, uh, you know, to cover kind of the upfront uh, renovation costs associated with buying these properties. Uh, but yeah, no, we're cognizant that a lot of the time when you have, you know, a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of different uh, people or parties involved in, in investments, you know, problems can arise and we certainly work really hard to like mitigate those issues, uh, whether it be, you know, our operating agreement, uh, whether it be just also us picking good properties and, you know, not just like trying to buy any willy nilly house we can. Uh, but yeah, it's definitely something we're cognizant of and, uh, yeah, we haven't, you know, really had, uh, any issues so far, but you know, I'm sure, you know, just like in any business over time, you gotta, you gotta definitely put out a fair share of fires. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I think a lot of people, I think a lot of people have interest in getting into real estate and, and like you just talked about right there, the, the process of actually picking the home or the property that you want to invest in is such an important task. So, you know, what is like, you know, you don't have to get into the, to the nitty gritty of how you evaluate properties, but from a philosophical standpoint, you know, what are you looking for? And then, you know, how can that translate to maybe somebody else that's looking to get into this kind of industry? Yeah. So I'd say from a high level, really what I'm, I'm doing is short term rentals. Like, yeah, obviously the vacation houses are a component of that. And you know, that's one of, you know, one of the main things we're focusing on. Um, but in reality, I mean, you can apply the short term rental model to pretty much a, a variety of things. I mean, in different locations, you have different demand for different things. I mean, for instance, I know that, you know, kayaks, paddle boards at these lakes are also in huge demand. At this point, it's not really worth, you know, my time to, to, to go after those things. But if I was starting up, I mean, I personally, like my first investment myself was not buying a house. I, I invested in boat rentals. <laughs> you know, I bought boats. And granted, logistically, they're very, very difficult. You know, houses are much easier to scale. You know, they take a lot less time to, to do, you know, houses than uh, boats 
but that being said, uh, people who might not be able to buy a house, like you can apply the short-term rental model to a variety of, of, of different things. Um, I mean, yeah. you, you see like rent the runway, you know, kind of applying the model to, to clothes, um, you know, car rentals, uh, you know, there's a bunch of car rental startups. They're applying the model to car rentals, you know? So, um, but that, that being said, uh, for houses in particular, if you want to get into real estate, there's different ways to get in without me, like having to buy an entire house. I, mean, I think it's cool with us is like, personally, I could not, you know, buy, you know, I don't, I don't, I mean, I, I maybe could, but like, I pre- prefer to, you know, I'd rather buy 20% of an asset, you know, cause then I'm not putting all my eggs in one basket. I can mm-hmm. kind of, and that's obviously the model we're trying to build where you can have a diversified portfolio of these vacation rentals versus an yep. individual having to put all their eggs in one basket. And especially for people our age, you know, the barrier to entry of buying real estate is just getting higher and higher. Uh, yep. Prices are going up and up. Uh, but there's other ways to get into, you know, short-term rentals. You can be a property manager, so you can manage someone else's house. Obviously, you know, you're going to have to reach out to a bunch of people and pitch them on yourself, but that's a way of doing it. Uh, and then also uh, you could, you know, there's rental arbitrage is like a big, you know, growing thing where you lease a property and then you convert it to a short-term rental uh, when I say lease, it means you pick up like a standard 12 month long lease. Uh, so like, I don't know, do you, I, I mean, I'm, I'm in my New York city apartment that I, I rent on a standard 12 month lease. Uh, so yeah, I'm, I think that's a concept people are familiar with. Now, do you think that that, you know, I, I think one thing that people got to be careful of with that is I think you really need to understand your lease, right? Because, oh, sure. um, de- depending on some situations, I wonder, you know, if you, if you don't pay attention to your lease agreement, um, yeah, I could definitely see arbitrage getting uh, getting a little hairy. But yeah, I mean, like you said, there's there are so many different ways to get in besides like everybody just thinks like, oh, I have to go buy this house and I have to drop, you know, 700K and I can't do that right now. But there are a ton of different ways to kind of enter into the market, you know, kind of transitioning. We've you know, we've talked a little bit about about your business and and how you've you know built it to this point. But I mean, did you always want to do this when you were growing up? I mean, when you were like a 12 year old, were you just sitting here being like, I want to own short term rentals in boats? Yeah. I mean, I'd say when I was younger, I was definitely very focused. I've always been very competitive and I've always had like something that I'm passionate about. And, and growing up, that a lot it was sports. Um, you know, I played junior varsity basketball at the University of North Carolina. Uh, so I definitely, you know, I'd say up until my sophomore year of college, which was the last year I, I played basketball. That was pretty much my focus. I mean, I always knew I wanted to be involved with entrepreneurship, uh, but just really, you know, I can only focus on so many things at one time. But honestly, when I knew my, you know, my playing career was coming to an end in college, I instantly was like, I need to do something entrepreneurial. Like I just, you know, I need something to be competitive about. Uh, Actually, my sophomore year, you know, started a marketing company. And um, yeah, and and I actually, I guess like junior, senior year, uh, really when, you know, the property, I mean, it was, it was like, wow, I can't believe the house is paying my tuition. You know, like that was just yeah, like, a that's crazy, a cool, that's a cool thought. Exactly. And it was also like, you know, I had the calendar for the house too. And it was, it was about, you know, 50 minutes away from UNC. So I could say, oh, wow. Like, you know, I don't have class this Wednesday. Who wants to go to the lake? You know, the, the calendar is mm-hmm. open. So me and a bunch of friends could just drive up and, and, you know, enjoy the asset ourselves. So yeah, I, I guess around that time I was like, hey, how do we scale this where more people can a get like the returns and the investment uh, exposure to these vacation houses, but also I mean really just like enjoy the assets themselves too. 
I mean, honestly, that's like one of the huge, I mean, personally, that's one of the best benefits of the whole thing. Uh, but yeah, at, at that time, just from a high level was like how I was curious on, you know, I one day would like to kind of scale what I am personally enjoying. Uh, and then really recently, you know, have actually put that into, uh, you know, execution where we're getting, I mean, many people to be, be owners in these assets. Uh, and, you know, we definitely, you know, are trying to figure out the incentive structure for uh, having the investors actually be able to enjoy the houses that they own. Yeah, no, absolutely. We, you know, you kind of mentioned that your, your sophomore year is when you stopped playing basketball, right? Yep. Yep. Do you think that that right there was kind of the turning point for you mentally into, you know, that next step in life? Um, you know, I, I kind of had that same moment when I finished up my college football career and I was like, okay, I'm no longer a football player. I got to figure out what the heck I'm going to do with my life kind of thing. And that's where the entrepreneurial idea kind of started setting in. And that's kind of the path I wanted to start thinking about. Do you, would, would you resonate with that? Do you think that that's kind of when you had your, your shift of thinking? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I mean, I definitely, you know, so the university of North Carolina, JV basketball programs, like very, uh, renowned. Uh, my coach actually, my sophomore year was Hubert Davis, who's now actually the head basketball coach for UNC. That's uh, cool. Well, like, you know, I did, I did, you know, obviously there's only a few walk-on spots per year. Uh, and actually during our years, it was like pretty much only one open walk-on spot. And uh, I was, you know, you're competing with your best friends. And uh, I mean, everyone's putting in hours and hours and hours a day of work. And, um, you know, I kind of have maybe a little burnout from that and really just like, mm -hmm. I want to, I need a new passion just, uh, to be honest. Like I need, I'm, I'm very like, if I'm in doing something, I'm really doing it. I'm giving it my all and I need, I need something new. Uh, so, and, and also, you know, I, I'm from Chapel Hill, North Carolina, you know, if you're training, uh, to try to make the varsity basketball program, it means pretty much sacrificing your summers and only yep. fo being focused on basketball uh, you know, pretty much JV guys, you know, we, we do train with the varsity guys, but for better or worse, we're kind of just like practice dummies, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Uh, yep. so, so like if they need you one day, you know, you got to be on call, you got to be around. Uh, and then my sophomore year, I, I really was like, I need to go somewhere else and just like, you know, get new exposure to something, find a new passion. And, uh, actually went to, I went to San Francisco for a program that summer so that, you know, I decided to go to San Francisco. That was really a turning point for me of saying, all right, I'm going to give this my all. Like I'm sacrificing something and I'm going after uh, the next stage of my life with everything I have. Yeah. I mean, was that scary? I feel like, you know, one thing that a lot of people our age struggle with when it comes to like starting their own business is like kind of that leap of faith. And I think it can happen at different points in your life, whether it's like, you know, going to school far away or, you know, leaving your, your status quo and, and going to San Francisco to, for that job. You know, I mean, did you, were you afraid to take that step or were you ready for it? I'd say at that point I was pretty ready for it. Uh, I remember I was, I actually had a meeting with, you know, Hubert Davis, who was our coach at the time and, um, you know, just talking through, you know, just, he's a really good guy and just, you know, talking through what my interests are and everything and uh you know and he's saying like you know it's like i think you have a decent chance like not gonna say any certainty or whatever uh but uh to potentially you know make the varsity team uh obviously you got to work really hard for it and whatever and to i mean i just remember at that point kind of telling him just being like look i've appreciated everything i've had here you know this has been one of the greatest experiences of my life but 
I've just found something I, I think I'm passionate about and I really want to pursue it. And, uh, yeah, at that point, like when I said that to him and, you know, bought my plane tickets, it was really just no looking back, you know, like if I was going to give up and kind of, kind of stop one dream, like dream, I, I needed another dream to go after. And, uh, you know, I, just the way I am, I, when I'm on, you know, on pursuit of something, I'm pretty relentless. Uh, yep. so yeah, I mean, you definitely just have to, you know, be really determined. And, and that's what they I mean. You hear about different entrepreneurs and, you know, things take time. Like it's rarely do you hear of like someone starts a business and like five months later, it's like some success story. Uh, yep. there, you definitely have your roller coasters, your ups and downs. And like, trust me, I, you know, and I'm not, even, not nearly where I want to be yet. Like there's still, I mean, it's pretty cool. I'm at a point where, you know, I'm able to, you know, make enough income with this where I can do it full time. Uh, yeah. and actually, you know, started doing this full time, uh, in about eight, couple months ago, uh, which, you know, it took me a couple years to be able to make enough income doing this where I could actually be full time. Uh, but like, yeah, I'd say, say just start with like a side project, uh, you know, and, and it won't, you know, people, I guess, want instant gratification. I think that's like a very, they do, uh, trust me, I definitely want instant gratification and I'm impatient, but really you just gotta like, you know, find something you're interested in and kind of just go after it. And, you know, you might not figure out, figure it out right away, but you know, after enough time, enough hours, you know, you'll chances are you'll, you'll, you'll figure something that sticks. Yeah. I mean that, that passion component is so incredibly important because like you said, there are going to be ups and downs and your passion is what's going to, you know, keep you steady through that entire, through that entire experience. And I think that that opens us up to talking a little bit about failure. So, you know, maybe what are some of the ups and downs that you've had in your entrepreneurial experience? And then, you know, what were your takeaways? What lessons, you know, did you, did you learn from and have implied, you know, going forward? Yeah, that's, that's a good question. And like, no, I've definitely, you know, sometimes it's, I'm always kind of in go, go, go mode. And I'm always, you know, I always have my lists. I mean, right now I have on my other screen, my to-do list. That's honestly very daunting. Uh, and it always is like, it never ends. Uh, but so it's hard when you have so much in front of you to really like sit back and like internalize like what you've been through, uh, and what's behind you. Uh, but yeah, no, I've definitely, you know, I mean, I, again, one of the companies that, you know, I helped, helped start, uh, you know, I, for a variety of reasons decided to leave. I mean, sometimes it's like, all right, what would have happened if I would have stayed, you know, like where would I be? now like uh, i mean the company's in los angeles so, like maybe i'd be in los angeles living there uh so yeah i mean it's but you really can't think about that i mean you could spend all day uh kind of you know saying the what ifs so the way i, I look at it you just gotta again just have your what you need to do that day you know kind of your one year three year five year uh like high level goals but really it's just about taking it one day at a time and doing what you need to do yeah no, absolutely. The the taking it one day at a time and, and kind of like laying it out kind of ties back into like the whole instant gratification and, and being impatient because like you said, I think people kind of get their signals crossed a little bit. And then when the when the challenges and the uncomfortable parts arrive and they don't have that plan laid out, like you kind of said, you know, it's easy to it, it's easy to tap out. Going back into in, into the real estate side of things, the the short term rental market, you know, what how's it going to change going forward? What's the industry outlook? You know, what are some some innovations and some new things that are coming up that are kind of you know on the front of your mind? Yeah, definitely, and I I think really just like just again from the high level concept of short term rentals, like technology 
has really enabled people to like, you know, they talk about the sharing economy all the time, Mm -hmm. uh, whether it be, you know, Uber or or, uh, Airbnb. Uh, You know, that really wasn't that that concept that, again, someone could have some fixed asset and, uh, you know, give it out for short periods of time, like just was kind of like a crazy notion 20 years ago. And also the notion that like people would trust other people that they've never met with with anything. Uh, Like that was like, that was crazy. I mean, you hear about Airbnb in the early days. Investors were like, yeah, we're never going to like no one would ever live like in a stranger's house. Like that's that's crazy. That's ludicrous. So, um, you know, just, I mean, right now is a time where obviously it's fairly evident that, you know, people will see something online, you know, and they'll, I mean, uh, they'll, they'll rent a house that, you know, maybe they've never even been to the lake, uh, but they'll, they'll see the reviews and they'll say, wow, all right, like, this is good enough for me. Like, you know, so they trust, uh, kind of reviews of, of assets, of, of properties, of, of businesses. Uh, but that being said, in terms of just short-term rental vacation properties, uh, which I, again, I'm trying to get off the point. Like I get, I'm cognizant that not everyone has enough money to go and buy a house or, I mean, what we do lowers the barrier to entry to that. But like, you know, we're not, people aren't doing a hundred dollar, you know, we're not taking a hundred dollar checks. Uh, yeah. so, but that being said for the, the properties themselves, I mean, it's really the perfect storm of, of tailwinds. Uh, I mean, obviously COVID very unfortunate. Like I don't think anyone wishes that it happened or it's, you know, obviously currently happening, but it's really uh, facilitated a, a short-term rental trend mm-hmm. uh, of you know people being able to remote work. Uh, so instead of having to live somewhere all the time, a lot of employers are letting their employees work remotely. And a lot of people who work remotely, you know, they want to go work remotely from the beach. They want to go work rem- remotely from a ski lodge in Colorado. Uh, so remote work has really allowed people to travel uh, more. And, uh, you know, what we've seen is that a lot of people are traveling to more rural places, uh, mm-hmm. like cities have kind of, you know, uh, been, you know, negatively impacted by this, but, uh, suburbs and rural areas have, have seen a lot of growth. Uh, people want to do more outdoorsy activities than they did before. Uh, so demand, I mean, I was reading an article that just rental demand for, for, for beach houses, for lake houses and for mountain houses is just astronomical, uh, which we actually only invest in those things. Like we, we don't yeah. really do cities. We, uh, so yeah, there definitely some tailwinds for uh, what we're working on. So, you know, with those same kind of trends in the forefront of your mind, let's say that the, you know, short-term rental industry just completely disappeared tomorrow. Uh, you're, you can't do it anymore. What, you know, with your interests aligned and, and the trends that are going on right now, what kind of business would you start? I don't really know what, what that type of, uh, like it probably, I don't know what, what it would have to be to, to like totally destroy the, the short-term rental industry. I can't, I think big I, hypothetical, I, big hypothetical, <laughs> you know, natural disaster that only targeted short-term rentals. Wow. Okay. Well, I mean, you could convert to long-term rentals then. There you go. <laughs> like there's still, and like people are like, Oh, I mean like if you have a short-term rental and nobody's booking it, then all right. Like, is there a long-term rental demand? I mean, is that, is that a thought process that you go through sometime? I mean, do you guys ever, have you ever bought a house for a short-term rental and then maybe, you know, the signs started showing that maybe it's a longer term asset? Honestly, we've, I mean, we're, we've been pretty good about, you know, we're picking houses. They're, like we have access to data providers. Uh, a lot of times we're not, you know, we're not doing one. You, we'll start with one property in a location, but then usually, you know, mm-hmm. we, we, we go after locations. We already have data of, and, you know, we're pretty, uh, targeted about picking new locations. Uh, so really have never, I mean, this latest property, 
you know, within the first, I don't know, call it 48 hours of putting it live. Uh, we had 45 days booked and 30,000 in booked revenue. Uh, and that's, and we actually bought one property that was a turnkey already on Airbnb. Uh, mm-hmm. I saw it pop up on the MLS and I said, I've seen this property on Airbnb before reached out to the owner, got them to send me the data on uh, their Airbnb. They actually gave me the login to their Airbnb account. So that was very helpful. Uh, but yeah, we we're, I haven't seen it yet. Doesn't mean it can't happen. No, absolutely not. Uh, but actually it's like kind of interesting. We, we, with our, our, this latest property, we, you know, we did a lot like to get, to essentially get deals right now or get alpha. You really have to actually improve the asset yourself. Like turnkey yeah. properties are very, very expensive right now, you know, cause people with COVID, they don't want a house two years from now. Like they want it today. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, so in order to get a good deal, we have to buy a house that was pretty dilapidated. Uh, don't know if I just said that word right. But uh, it was, you know, needed some renovation and we actually did the renovation, you know, ourselves and it was, you know, very intensive, very hands on. But uh, we actually talked to an appraiser and they said that, you know, we had increased the value of the property drastically uh, from our effort. So then we kind of talked about, all right, well, you know, if we were to hypothetically just sell this, you know, it would actually be a pretty good flip. Do I want to get into home flipping? No. But you just talked about like alternatives, uh, I guess. Yeah, there you go. Uh, You know, from a from a differentiator, I mean, I'm sure this market has some competition. You know, there's a fixed number of houses around a lake. um, And, you know, I'm sure that there are other people that have the same desire. How do you guys differentiate? Is it mostly in the actual improvement of the property? Um, You know, what are some of the ways that you can be competitive in in a region or an area? Yeah, definitely. Good question. And I, I think there's really two, two things you would compare investor, which I don't know if you guys know, but our, our company is called investor uh, and it's spelled invest STR. So invest in short term rentals. Uh, but yeah, for, for those who are uh, investing in investor, they know that, you know, we're really focused on returns. You know, there, there's definitely like property management shops, you know, they'll, they'll help you with a variety of things. Uh, you know, uh, Vacasa being one and, you know, they're pretty good about it, but they're not really they're, they're A lot of them are kind of more, Hey, we're going to like from, from talking with them, it's like, we're going to lower your cost of ownership. Like that's kind of their pitch is that, you know, you can buy a vacation home and maybe was unaffordable to you before. And with us, we'll allow you to like lower your cost of ownership. Um, we're really, I mean, we're very, very like returns investment focused where, um, you know, you can have faith that when we're buying a house, it's not like, hey, you can own a, own a house and, you know, instead of paying $5,000 a month for your mortgage, you're going to pay, you know, $2,000 a month. Uh, we're, we're really, you know, we're so far, we've really been focused on, we believe this place will cash flow. This is how well we'll think it'll do. And uh, yeah, we've really, at least so far, been able to execute uh, on all of our projections and, and uh and, and have had a good track record so far. So uh, we'll see going forward what happens. Yeah. You know, the, the other thing that's kind of interesting. So like on, on Luke and I, on our side of our, of our business, we, um, you know, help people invest for long term, meaning that like, you know, th- when the, the capital that the investors are going to see is when the property sells, right. And yeah. the profit of the appreciation in, in the short term rental are your investors more cognizant of that 
you know, reoccurring revenue each month? Or, you know, is your pitch to the investors, hey, you're going to have this steady cash flow that you get part ownership of. And then when the house sells, eventually, you'll, you know, get some of that, that profit as well. I mean, is that kind of a joint pitch? Or are you guys really just focused on that reoccurring monthly revenue? Yeah, and I mean, I'd say that's definitely just in real estate uh, as a whole. A a lot of times it's, uh, yeah, it's asset appreciation. So it's, you know, over time, real estate tends to go up in value. I mean, so does the stock market. Uh, but then in addition to that, it's, yeah, it's a, a cash flowing investment. Doesn't mean every year you're going to get the same cash flow. Uh, yeah. Maybe one year we have to redo the roof on one of the assets. Uh, maybe one year, you know, we decide to renovate a couple of the bathrooms. Uh, you know, these things might, might make it so it doesn't cash flow that year. But it does, again, uh, generally lead to asset appreciation. Uh, so our, our pitch is really that we're going to improve assets over periods of time. While improving the assets, that's also going to, in turn, improve the rental potential of the property. Uh, so you'll have a combination of uh, you know, being a, a cash flow opportunity as well as a you know, high likelihood for asset appreciation. Yeah. And I mean, at the end of the day, that's kind of a perfect place to be as an investor where you're going to have basically two different forces kind of working for you in a, in a positive way. Returning to a, to another hypothetical as we're, as we're coming to an end here, you know, let's say that you're going back uh, to UNC to give a a commencement speech. You know, what are a couple pieces of advice that you're going to pass on to the kids there that are, you know, sitting in those chairs where, where you used to be? I mean, what, from an entrepreneurial, you know, spirit, what is some advice you want to pass on to those guys? Uh, yeah, good, good question. I, I think honestly, just touch on, you know, kind of what I talked about earlier, but you know, everyone, I mean, it's a lot of people, I think like, you know, uh, you know, in life, they, they have struggled for finding something they're passionate about. And, you know, they do a lot of like soul searching, to like kind of find their purpose. Um, you know, and I guess to me, my purpose is, you know, when I find things I'm passionate about, like really going after them. Uh, so I'd really just kind of give that message of, you know, try to find something, you know, uh, maybe, maybe, you know, it's, uh, you know, doing a nonprofit or, uh, just, it could be anything. It can be sports, nonprofit. Uh, it could be, it could be anything, but just really find something, find your passion and give it your all. I think that's really the, the best advice I could give. Obviously, you know, if I'm talking to a whole like class of people, it wouldn't really be about entrepreneurship in general because, you know, maybe a lot of them aren't even interested in that. Uh, but I think everybody, you know, wants to have a passion and then when they find that passion, they should go after it relentlessly. Absolutely. The, uh, the, the last question that we always like to ask is a very entrepreneurial question because it's just simply, why are you an entrepreneur? Yeah. I mean, I would just say I'm definitely just, you know, competitive and driven. Uh, and I guess, to me being in like the, you know, the nine to five cog and really like not seeing, and again, this doesn't happen to everybody. Like, you know, there's definitely people with jobs where, you know, they put in more work and they do a better job and they can see their work like paying off. Uh, but what I've kind of seen, it's pretty hard. Uh, I think the thing about entrepreneurship is like everything you do and all the you know results you have are the direct result of your labor and your, your motivation and your effort. Uh, so that's, that's why, you know, I, if I fail, that's on me, you know, and that's a direct result of decisions I made and, uh, potentially a a lack of, a lack of effort. You know, if I succeed, it's on me. Um, and 
we'll see what happens. <laughs> yeah, yes. uh, the, the the eat what you kill mentality, man. If you want to, if you want to go out and get it, then it's on you. If you want to sit at home and go hungry, that's that's also on you. Yeah, um, yeah. That being said, I mean, I'm definitely you know playing sports growing up. Teamwork is very very important. So with all these, you know, all these businesses, we're, we're building teams, you know, mm-hmm. uh, you know, we actually, this year we, uh, hired, we actually have like full t- four full-time team members now. Uh, and I mean, they're incredibly valuable and I'm cognizant of, of, and of their, their value. And, you know, they obviously bring things to the table that I don't bring to the table. Um, and over time, you know, if we're going to scale these things, we're going to need more team members. Uh, so I don't want to say, you know, like, yeah, it's, all on me, but you know, it's about building a team. Uh, but yeah, essentially building a team, getting, um, you know, people, people from different backgrounds to be able to work and play together. Uh, it's also pretty rewarding to see that happen. Absolutely. Well, Jeremy, Hey, thank you so much for coming on today. Uh, before you go though, you know, go ahead and plug those socials. Where can the people find you? Where can they learn more about what you guys do? Yeah. So we actually just started, uh, pretty recently, uh, doing social media, and kind of showing uh, some of our properties and also showcasing some of our investors and their experience. Uh, yeah, so feel free to you know look us up on Instagram, at uh, investor. Uh, you know, you can look at my personal stuff. Uh, you know, my name, Jeremy Worden. Uh, we actually started on TikTok pretty recently. And uh, yeah, we'll soon, we'll soon kind of be starting our, our LinkedIn, uh, our LinkedIn program as well. There we go. All right, thank you so much, Jeremy. Yeah, thanks for having me, Payne. All right, guys, if you want to continue this discussion, follow us on our social media. Our Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebooks will all be in the description of this episode. Hop on there, shoot us a DM, hit us up with whatever concerns, questions, comments that you guys have. We'd love to uh, to continue to build that community on there. Next, subscribe to wherever you listen, iTunes, Spotify, Google, Amazon, uh, Overcast, you name it, we got it. We also have a YouTube channel now. So hop over there and subscribe to us. All the clips that we post on social media will be there as well, plus uh, you know a couple little extra ones for, uh, for the real fans out there. So we appreciate you guys. Next, please leave a rate and a five-star review. It helps us out tremendously because of you guys' support. We already cracked the top 150 for business and entrepreneur podcasts, and I think that we can crack the top 100 here real soon with your guys' continued support. Lastly, reach out to us if you're a young entrepreneur and you'd like to share your story on the podcast. We'd be more than happy to ask you some questions because we know that it's going to be a great learning experience for us. 